Sorry I didn't see you there, this is an audio medium. If you grew up on Disney Channel shows and DCOMs, my time mouse sheen is ready for you to take a journey back to those golden days. Quick! Before the time reaches 8-7 Central! What is up, time travelers? Welcome back to the Time Machine Podcast with me, Becca Stogner. And me, Hunter Martin. Um, I wish some of the things that we say before we record, you guys can, like, hear us. Because I think I want to, like, don't want to put words in Becca's mouth, but I'm pretty sure Becca and I think we are the funniest people alive. Because <laughs> we can laugh, laugh, laugh. We are our own entertainment. Well, Hunter said something very Don't. funny. I'm not okay. going to repeat it. It's only between us, all us friends. So my favorite thing is to name fan names for people who don't have any, because um, I think they're funny. And we were talking, because you know, like, uh, just to keep it relevant, um, Miley's fans are called like the Smilers. They are? What are- yeah. <laughs> Well, now you know. Like, Justin Bieber is, like, the Beliebers yeah. and yeah, all that yeah, great yeah. stuff. We were just talking about um, Brian Stepanek, who played Arwen on Sweet Life. And what did we say his fans' names were? I said Stepanatics or, like, Stenatics. I like Stenatics. Stepanic stands. The Stepanic stands. Um, but, yeah. We were just talking about that. And I, and I named someone's uh, fan title, fan name. The minute I minute it came out of my mouth, I regretted saying it. <laughs> it's um, one that you got to be careful with. Well, um, a little discourse to start the pod. Other yeah. than that, um, we both watched Hocus Pocus two. Since we last yes. recorded, it is out now on Disney Plus. If you haven't already seen it, spoilers for Hocus Pocus two. If you don't want to hear anything about it, skip maybe around like four or five ish five ish minutes. Oh, I wasn't gonna give like spoilers. Well, some people don't even want to hear an opinion because then they'll oh, like, sit okay. in their brain. Well, if you don't so, want to hear an opinion, sure. Sisters, spoilers. <laughs> sisters. Um, so for spoilers. a movie that has absolutely zero need to exist, I don't think it like necessarily justifies its existence. Mm-hmm. But I feel I've seen people be like, "This is trash," and I hate it. And I've seen people be like, "This is great," and I love it. And I think I yeah. fell somewhere in the middle where I thought that like it definitely could have been worse. There were some genuinely fun ideas in there, like some of the ways that they set up the ways for the sisters to come back and stuff for the sisters to do. There were some genuinely fun and funny moments, but it was also, of course, they have to do the blatant nostalgia grabs. Yeah. So there was a lot of those. It was there was a lot of cringe. A lot of people liked the music. I didn't. I thought the musical numbers were really forced in there. Well, there's like things you have to. When you do a Hocus Pocus 2, of course you're going to have to have them sing. Just one of the things. But it's very much, if you love the first one, and you you won't be lost watching it. Like, it's definitely one of those movies, those sequels, where you don't have to see the first one to understand it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. I had a fun time with it. Did I, I really... think it was better than the first one? No. 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 Um, I thought the weakest part was the everyone who weren't the sanderson sisters they didn't really because i felt like in the first hocus pocus you enjoy the main kids just as much as you enjoy the sanderson sisters because i think they um 
spent more time developing them. Um, and like, I, I think some of the most famous lines of Hocus Pocus, most of them belong to the Sanderson sisters, but a lot of them belong to the kids. Yeah. Um, and everyone else. Queen um, Danny, especially. Right. And her yabas. And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think in this one, they just kind of, everyone who weren't the Sanderson sisters just got a short end yeah, of the stick. The main characters are, they're really like stock. There's, there's not a whole lot to them and they're not that interesting. Yeah. I did like also how they played into like the popularity of Hocus Pocus and how it kind of became this cult phenomenon. But like the Sanderson sisters are like famous now. And when they go out, people are dressed like them and they recognize them. So that was a cool way to like play into how popular the movie has become. So I didn't hate it. I think I gave it like three stars out of five. Oh, that's not okay. I thought you were going to say out of 10. I would say that. Right. Yeah. Out of five. Um, I definitely would watch it again with people. I probably would, yeah. I don't know if it'll be like regular Halloween rotation, but maybe if it pops back up. What I will be seated for is Disenchanted. Oh, yeah. I am excited. That looks good. It comes out in November, right? Mm Mm-hmm. It's coming up. I will be seated. Um, Um, Yeah, just a little Hocus Pocus 2 discourse to kick off our... uh, Month of Halloweenies. Yes, because it's at the... the, It's the first week of october yes and it's the first uh, scary disney 411 time yes Ooh, and some of these are a little bit scary a little bit frightening based based off how you feel about certain things <laughs> Uh-oh. so uh, let's get into it disney 411. the first is a story that we can expand on half of it is confirmation of things going on and half of them are rumors that Ooh. of the cyrus family <gasps> yes. So, first story of the docket on uh, Disney 411, Billy Ray Cyrus is moving on. <gasps> Months after the achy, breaky heart singer and ex Tish Cyrus announced their divorce, he is dating Australian singer-songwriter Fire Rose. Fire Rose? Fa- mm-hmm. A Cyrus family source confirmed on Wednesday. They've been dating for a while, the source says. They grew close while ma- while working on music together. It is what it is. He and Tish were over before he started dating her. Um, Fire Rose and Billy Ray also sparked engagement rumors when she posted a photo last week wearing a diamond on her ring finger. Um, a rep for Billy Ray Cyrus had no comment. <gasps> Billy said, so, ready, set, I'm gone. I'm gone. <laughs> So, there's rumors that the family's feuding. The family, the family's feuding. Miley has unfollowed Billy Ray Cyrus on Instagram. <gasps> Stop. And Billy has done the same. Billy unfollowed Miley. Uh, the Hannah Montana community is in shambles. We are in shambles. Um, but the thing is, keep an eye on Jason Earl's activity, folks. Noah Cyrus still follows Billy Ray. And so I think it's like, I'm taking mom's side. I'm taking dad's side. Oh my gosh. I hope Noah doesn't take Orville Peck with her. I want another Orville Miley collab. (laughs) I just, that means we're never going to get an explicit version of Ready, Set, Don't Go featuring (laughs) Miley and Billy Ray. Or Butterfly Fly Away. We might, but they might be diss tracks. 
butterfly you imagine? Go, butterfly go away. Billy Ready, Ray's set, like, please go. Billy's like, I regret all them songs I wrote. <gasps> no. So, like, if they ever did a Hannah Montana reboot, tensions on the set. There wouldn't be. One of them would just not come back, probably. I, maybe it's not that intense. I don't know. I'm scared. I don't know. I feel like having... That's a, that's a fright to bring us into the month. In celebrity world, an unfollow on Instagram is a lot different than an unfollow in our regular world, I think. It definitely is. Because it's more to the public, and you're like, you can always ignore their posts. Right. Because I think, yeah. So that's that on that. Um, and here's hoping for the best to the Cyrus family whenever it turns out. Um Let's see if Billy Ray is going to be off the market soon. So our next story, keeping it in the Hannah Montana family, Mitchell Musso is dusting off. I told you, these stories are frightening. That's uh, a ghoul from the crypts. Right <laughs> We're having some ghosts of our past appearing in these four months. Um, Mitchell Musso is dusting off his vocal cords and getting back into the music business with his re- with the release of his newest song, Drank. Drank? Drank? D-R-A-N-K. No! <laughs> Drank serves as the first single off his upcoming mixtape, Ghost. He is a ghost of the past. <laughs> um, taking some time off from living in the spotlight to focus on himself and spend time with the family proved to be a good change of pace for Musso because now he's finally ready to step into this new chapter of his career. He's quoted in saying, I began working at such a young age, there were other things that I needed to go and experience. The music's always been in my life and been a huge part of my life. I love acting too. That's half. That's also half of me. But I think that the music's always something that I wanted to pursue when the time was right. When does it come it out? We po- have to listen to it. It comes out. It's a, it is out with a music video. <gasps> Oh my god. So the Muso Maniacs you're eating. Um <laughs> after a long after a long starvation. The three that um, are left are like, oh, <laughs> Yes. Oh. Um just to keep in mind, Drank does have have parental advisory warning <gasps> on the on the Oliver. Label. What a twist. Call that an Oliver what, twist. <laughs> Call him Oliver twist. Because that's a big old twist in my book. I'm scared. I'll have to listen to it and report back. Right. We both will. <laughs> um, speaking of back, guess who's home? It's Raven's Raven. home. We are back. Finally. Oh, my gosh. Um, we were gone for so long. I feel like. So it's time to formally welcome back. Raven's Home Rehash. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Just a reminder, if you're a new listener or you forgot we did this, because <laughs> we almost <laughs> forgot, mm-hmm. um, we are recapping every episode from season five of Raven's Home. If you don't know, this season involves Raven Baxter and her son moving back to um, San Francisco, and it takes place in the old That's a Raven set, and Victor Baxter is back, so we thought it would be the perfect opportunity yes. to watch along because it's such a nostalgic-filled um, season with a lot of callbacks. Yes. Um, also, so along the way, we've confirmed in, like, I think two weeks, the episode that Annalise Vanderpool is back as Chelsea is on. Yes. And the 
much-awaited Mana in the Desert, the episode with Takiya Crystal Kamal coming back as Tanya is the season finale, so I don't think we know exactly when that'll be, but it is no. the promised land we are crawling towards. With so, like, the Tanya Hive? The Tanya Hive? Um, <laughs> Which is us. Wait. <laughs> I mean, it's more than it's more than just it's us. more than us because let me tell you when it was announced that tanya was coming back we got some we got dms we got comments being like did y'all see this so the tanya hives we're here um we're here and we are waiting yes. in the wings so, so raven's home is right in sync with us starting our <laughs> halloween month they are too um this was a halloween themed episode the a plot is that Booker, Neil, and Ivy are having a horror movie marathon that Alice is not allowed to be a part of. So Alice goes upstairs to the attic where the original spell of the That's So Raven episode, Don't Have a Cow, was cast and casts a spell herself to turn and she her cast, doll into a She casts a spell from uh, the, the spell book that kept, Raven and Chelsea find. I kept freaking hoping that they were like that Raven was going to see the doll somehow and be like, oh, this is just like when I did this with Chelsea. No such luck. the thing is, in Raven, that's a Raven. The whole thing was a dream. That's true. So... Hmm. It manifested itself somehow. Makes me wonder. Uh, But the B plot is that there is a costume contest at the Chill Grill and Victor's rival chef, whose name I forget... Um, yeah, but he's from the he's, he's from the back from show. That's a Raven, yeah. Um, and he's trying to beat Victor and Raven in the costume contest, and Raven has a vision that this guy stole her costume. So she goes over to the rival restaurant and sneaks around to see if she can try to get her costume back so that the chill girl can win the costume contest. This episode was annoying. Well, half the episode, <laughs> Raven is uh, trapped in a... In a werewolf uh, costume. <laughs> wolf costume, which I'm like, Raven, I guess, was not available on set. Yeah, because it's probably not her explanation. <laughs> no, half the time, she probably just went in the recording studio and was like, I'll do my lines, I gotta go somewhere. I don't know if she was direct... Did it say she was directing this episode? Okay, she did not direct. She did not, so she was just uh, too busy. <laughs> so... This episode is just like... The A and the B plot don't share enough screen time. It's like 75% A plot, 15% yeah. B plot. Like Raven Half the and time Victor I forgot Raven to be seen. was gone. Right. Victor, he what what do they have my boy Rondell doing? I know. Oh, but he did. Okay, the Victor's first line back from his long break cuz we haven't seen Victor in a while. Mm-mm. He says, "The candy is corn, the popcorns are bald, the jackos are lanterns." What a great, good. what a great comeback line! What a guy! What a guy! There were some great moments between Victor and Raven in this episode because they're both getting oh, yeah. mad about the the rival guy being mean to them, and Raven thinks that this guy stole her costume, and Victor's like, "I like you better not do anything petty." And Raven says, "No, <laughs> he no." Didn't say, okay, he did not say you better not do anything petty. <laughs> what does he say? Not petty. You think Victor Baxter's going to say petty? <laughs> he might. I mean, that's the vibe of it is, like, I, I hope you're not going to do anything, like, stupid. Like, don't sneak yeah, over there. but not petty. And she says, she says, no, Dad, you've been my daddy for all my life. You know I'm not, like, above that. Right, right, right. And Raven says it in the most smug, raveny way. And then as soon oh, as yeah. she gets in that B-plot, she gave us kind of, like, a good little a good little yelp. But other than that, she's, she's well, not to be seen. Well, it turns out. 
it turns out that she was wrong the entire time, as per usual. Yeah. The guy stole a chef uniform so he could be Victor for Halloween. And he ends up losing the contest to Victor because Raven gets stuck in this wolf costume. Yeah, and Victor puts on her costume. And, um, which is a handmade, it's like a stretchy light-up butterfly outfit. Poor Rondell. Poor Rondell. Why did they make him do that? I mean, I love a good classic. I don't know. See, it messes with the canon of That's a Raven. Because the whole, because, what's her name? Her, her, oh, we got a mention of Raven's other child. Nia, Raven who, just comes home, the phone rings, and she's like, hey, Nia, yeah, I can talk. Walks off screen. No reason for that to have happened, seemingly. Because she, reminder, she does have two kids. She one does. One just made the move. I don't know what happened to the other one. Um, but I don't know. This episode was not a good welcome back. No, I, because half of it is Alice and this girl who plays her doll, Tasha, come to life. And Tasha's just a menace. And there's this scene yeah. where they, like, rig a pumpkin to barf on Booker, and it's gross. Neil is annoying in this. They, there's a moment oh, yeah, he, where it seemed like they were trying to do, um, like, with the horror movie they're watching, Booker's watching the movie and being like, look behind you, look behind you, as the doll is coming up behind him. I'm like, y'all can't do scream meta like that. We're not on that level here at Raven's Home. And then it, with the end of it, the way that, like, the way to get the doll out of the body is to scare her. She has, she has to be scared. Oh, wait. Wasn't it like if sh- this doesn't get solved before... Is Alice her name? Alice yeah. is her name. Um, before she goes to bed, she's going to be a doll or something like that. Yeah, that they would switch and she would be a doll and Tasha would be a human. And they're like, and they and they're like hurry, it's almost her bedtime. And I'm like, uh, extend the bedtime. <laughs> let her stay awake. Let her stay they, Right, that's all I thought. It's like, let her stay They awake. end up not being able to trick Tasha because Tasha has been Alice's doll for so long. She knows all of her tricks. But then Raven coming home in the wolf costume stare, scares Tasha back into the doll. And at the end of the episode, there's a moment with kind of like a lightning crackle on Tasha and you hear her laugh. This better be the last we see of Tasha. I am sick of that name. I want to put disrespect on that doll's name. I hate her. I oh, hate I'm sure, her. Oh, I'm sure it'll be the last, the last we hear of Miss Tasha. At least, um, at least like, uh, as a human, that was probably a one-off and they'll never talk about it again. Like every good Disney Channel show, something crazy happens in the next episode. Um, it's, everyone has memory loss. Yeah. So that's Which is, our, that's, that's the great part about it. Any other thoughts on the Raven's home? Um, I am just waiting for Chelsea to come back yeah. at this point. We have one more episode and then we'll be at the Chelsea episode. Oh, that soon. Mm-hmm. All right. That means one step closer to Tanya. <laughs> ah! I hope A- I hope Adrian comes back. I know. I hope we're not done with her, but I know she's also <gasps> pregnant and presumably was soon after. So I wouldn't be surprised if she also. Do you was think? Done. Do you think with Chelsea coming back, and this is the first season they've ever mentioned or uttered the word Eddie? Do you think we'll get an Eddie update when Chelsea comes into town? I think it's possible that they could let his name fly off their lips, but I don't think it will be much. Right. I agree. I, I like don't know that they want to, like, give Eddie acknowledgement in the present day. Like, I don't think they want to be like, this is where Eddie is now. Like, I think I they just to, want Eddie yeah. to exist only in terms of, like, oh, remember when Eddie did this. It could be possible they just lost touch. It could. Um, and they're like, but... oh, well, Eddie doesn't have Facebook, so... Right. 
They're like, oh, remember Eddie? What a what a guy that Eddie Eddie was. What a guy. Uh, what a guy. What a guy. What a guy. Uh, well, that was the end of Raven's Home Rehash, which means that's the end of our Disney 411. Hope right. you liked it. It's the first week of October. Friends, we are back with the month of frights. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, all through the month of October, we are going to be covering Disney Channel Halloween episodes from a variety of different ladies across the Disney Channel. Yes. I think that just ended yeah. up kind of happening, being the way it was. And at the end of the month, we are covering a DCOM that you guys voted on. Very excited about that. But today, very serendipitous day because this episode actually turns 21 today which is october 5th when we're recording this yes we are starting off the month of frights with the classic um lizzie mcguire halloween episode called night of the day of the dead and this is um season one episode 24 and just like becca said today very serendipitously marks the 21st anniversary because it aired on october 5th 2001 and this episode is all about Lizzie and her friends are putting together a Halloween dance or carnival, what have you, at their school. But something is crazy going on because um, Miranda is celebrating Day of the Dead. Meanwhile, mom and dad are home alone for the first time <laughs> in a long time. Oh, and you know what that means. A horny B-plot in today's oh, episode. Yeah. So I... Actually, some of the stars from Liz McGuire got together and did, like, an interview about this episode. Mm -hmm. And the parents were interviewed, and they said this was, like, the first time they ever had um, a storyline that was just the two of them. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time they got to kiss on screen. They did. Um, so that was, like, all the article. We got, a Lizzie, article was... we got a Lizzie McGuire parent kiss before our Troy Gabriella kiss. It would be years. Literally. Um and you know how, like, sometimes when the parents get together, it's alluded to, that, like, oh, we're alone. You know what that means. Always. And they'll just be like, well, no. But then it'll just be like, we get to watch TV all by our... Like, it's alluded to, like, in a sexual way. But then they're like, oh, we get to, we're get we going to, like, yeah, do a pillow fight or... Pillow fight. Um, do, like, watch TV. But few but parents, no... few parents dared cross that border before... Tanya and Victor did it. But these people oh. were the trailblazers. Lizzie's parents were ready to get these kids out of here. They have, we'll get to it, but there are candles everywhere. Caviar. Mm. In the fridge. Um, Come on now. But yeah, this is a weird, weird little episode. <laughs> so for those of you listening, this when we started this podcast... Becca's only really reference to Lizzie McGuire was the movie. And so every time we watch a Lizzie McGuire episode, this is basically Becca's first time ever experiencing the TV show. So it was always a fun time. Yeah. Because if you know, the movie and the, the TV show kind of have very different tones, I think. They definitely um, it's do. A the TV show is a little more zany mm -hmm. um, than the movie. The TV but show course, is like its sister, Phil of the Future, like full of boyoings and glomps and sound effects and animation and just weird like jump cuts and tone shifts it's like very odd and the movie is obviously like it's a movie like it's yeah a piece they can't of, it's do... a piece of cinema it's a piece of cinema so it doesn't have that that and the wizard of oz <laughs> piece of cinema 
Lizzie McGuire um, Criterion Collection win. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we open up with, of course, oh, wait, is this your first time meeting Lanny? That is Matt's friend. I don't he think never so. talks. I think he I've seen talks. him before because I think I remember asking you, like, what was wrong with him? <laughs> he never talks. And, of course, they are mapping out the best places to go trick-or-treating. Iconic, in as they should. Did you do that? The best, the cool thing about doing these episodes is we can, like, look back on old Halloween memories. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever do that, like, know which houses to avoid and which houses to go to? Not really. I mean, when I trick-or-treated in my neighborhood, it was pretty much just, like, there was enough houses that you get what you get. And it's a big neighborhood, so you could walk around and get in for a while. I don't remember ever getting anything, like, bad. I do remember one year I dressed up as Alice Cullen from Twilight. <laughs> and... Uh, it wasn't like a super noticeable costume unless you knew and I went trick-or-treating and like so a lot of these were just like old white people being like who are you supposed to be and it was making me furious I was like Alice from Twilight I'm just thinking I may have mentioned this before but I don't know if I have my sister my older sister um former guest of the pod uh Caitlin and then in a Liz McGuire episode weirdly enough Mm -hmm. uh she actually went as Lizzie McGuire for Halloween one year yeah. when we were kids. And again, I don't know if I've said this before, but we were going trick-or-treating. And it's not like Lizzie McGuire has uh, an outfit that you can't blend into the crowd with. Mm-hmm. So me and my brother were like, Batman, Superman. And then my sister is behind us, basically like in her school clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, who are you? Every person. She was like, I'm Lizzie McGuire. They're like, oh, great. And by the, like the fifth person that asked, she was like, I'm just myself. <laughs> <laughs> she was like nine. And she was like, fine, I'm just myself. Uh, Lizzie so. immediately kicks off the episode in some chunky shoes. Chunky shoes. She, 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 you hear her go, click, long, click, long, click. Uh, I think in the opening scene, is that when Lizzie's like in pink on pink on pink? No, she's in like blue, ta- like red. The pink on pink is... Um, later oh the pink on pink is later yeah yeah so this scene is all like setting up that instead of going trick-or-treating matt's going to go to the big fright night at um lizzie's school yes and you see animated lizzie matt and lizzie are insulting each other as they are of course and animated lizzie loads up a pumpkin in a catapult and is like (laughs) time to take matt down but then she stops and is like oh no mom and dad are coming so like what was her plan before mom and dad were coming (laughs) right like, in her head, she was going to destroy him with a big pumpkin. Yeah. But what's she doing guess, like, IRL? Is she, like, grabbing a gourd from the countertop? <laughs> with her words, I guess. Like, I think it's supposed to be an allegory to, like, yeah. she's going to hit him with a big insult. Like, it it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, like, a big pumpkin um, being thrown at him. Also, when the parents tell her that Matt is going to her fright night, and she's upset because she says she's not going to have a good time if she has to brat sit for him. Um, it cuts back to animated Lizzie and a pumpkin. The pumpkin comes back and falls on top of her head. Iconic look. I need that screenshot. Oh, of like the the um, pumpkin headed Lizzie. Pumpkin headed pumpkin headed Lizzie. I love that. <laughs> pumpkin headed Lizzie. <laughs> um, it's giving the, so, the pumpkin head photo shoots from TikTok. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire ahead of the curve. Twenty one. Did you years. ever go to like? Did you ever go to like? I know for me, my church that I grew up going to did, like, trunk or treat, and so mm-hmm. that would kind of be a thing we would always do Halloween. Um, this is kind of giving – it's giving trunk or treat. 
Yeah. <laughs> the Fright Night. Um, so Matt's going, and there's, like, carnival booths and all that great stuff. And so, of course, Lizzie's upset that he's going. But, of course, whatever mom and dad say, because they want to. They want. They want. They want to have a treat of their own. They want a treat of their own. They want to go trick-or-treating. They want to go trick-or-treating. If only they had. They'd been like, oh, we'll be alone so we can go trick-or-treating. But nope. Um, So then we cut to, like, the party planning sort of meeting, which Lizzie's enemy Has no adult supervision. Nope. Lizzie's enemy is the head of it. um, Yeah. She's... Yeah. This entire episode, the dance, the party committee... There are no adults even in the room. There's only adults there to help set it up, like, before it starts. Well, but there might then, be one adult. Because mostly... at one point, there's a football player that Kate is talking to that is big. <laughs> He's like, I'm 13 <laughs> and a half. <laughs> How old and are you? The half is uh, seven years. Seven years? Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, why? Who made one? Who made Kate the the boss? Yeah. Oh, that would have got annoying. But yeah, Kate is saying like all the things that need to be good. We need to make it scary and make yeah. make it fun. And, and this is what. Oh, wait, we get Larry Tudgman. Mm-hmm. He is the guy with the like with the green collared shirt. Yes, he does an impression of Darth what, Vader. What do you think of Larry Tudgman? A bit bizarre. Um, <laughs> yeah. The impression of Darth Vader clearly has some voice effects that they put in over it, but. Um, so everyone is, you know, giving out ideas of what to do. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie. Well, Miranda um, has the idea. Oh, Miranda, that yeah. She wants to bring in these Day of the Dead skeletons, which Kate is like, I don't want other, like, I don't want your stupid, weird, like, other country stuff. But then Lizzie, this is when Lizzie's in her pink on pink, so she's at her highest power. She says, <laughs> <laughs> Lizzie says, um, I think it would be great to have other countries, you know, represented at our party. And everybody in the room just goes, yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> everyone, it's people everyone, saying yeah for like another full minute. <laughs> no one wants to get canceled. Yeah, but also everybody's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. everybody's overpowered by Lizzie. And her, right. pink, it's her the pink. pink headband with her little braids. It's the pink on pink. Her headband and like headscarf game in this episode is out of this world. <laughs> she nailed it. Um. So Kate just gives in because I feel like if she doesn't, um, she'll the, get the pitch she'll get canceled, <laughs> and the pitchfork like literally everyone go back and watch it. Everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 They're like the pigeons from Finding Nemo. Instead of saying mine, they're so saying I yeah. Guess, I guess for some reason the way this party is run, there's like specific roles and costumes that people wear. Well, it's like it's like little stations. So what Lizzie wants to do is be Vampira, the Dungeon Mistress. That is what the title is. Yeah, which is like running like um, the haunted room, right? That yeah. That put up. Yeah. Um, and so is this when you see animated Lizzie in like a Vampira outfit? Yes. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like that was inappropriate to really? be. Not, not like the tune, the cartoon in a dress. I think like the, dun- like calling the dungeon mistress calling it the dungeon mistress like as a in a middle school it has certain connotations i suppose but this is a horny episode we've already established 
I guess so. <laughs> um, so, but Kate is in charge. And so she said, fine, but only if, because the dungeon is supposed to be in the janitor's closet. Mm-hmm. And Kate's like, fine, I guess. If you want to be a vampire, you have to clean out the janitor's closet. And Lizzie says, it's yucky in there. I was like, if duh. only that could be my excuse to get out of doing things. It's yeah. yucky in there. <laughs> um, so Kate and Lizzie, not Kate and Lizzie. Kate would never volunteer. Gordo and Lizzie go and clean out the janitor's closet. And, of course, we get the whole speech about why Kate is already targeting Lizzie. And, of course, Gordo always has to get on his freaking high horse about it. Um, he does. Like I feel like every Liz McGuire episode, Gordo's like, "Why do you want to be popular? He All these is. people are just so stupid." Like every freaking episode, I'm like, "You know what, Gordo? I want to be popular because I'm 13. Middle school sucks, and I want people to like me." Yeah. There. Like Gordo, That's all you need to know. Gordo, if you don't want to hear about it, you don't have to hang around. Literally. But he always either does. Give with a, because he wants to get that smooch. The, <laughs> well, he doesn't want to get a smooch from Lizzie in this episode. The whole reason um, Gordo decides to help clean... Well, one, Gordo thought Lizzie was taking him to get burgers. Because <laughs> um, Lizzie's like, thanks for helping me clean this out. And Gordo's like, I'm not helping you. I thought you were taking me to get burgers. Yeah. Why would I help you? And she goes, well, because my cousin's coming into town this summer, and I'm going to get her to go out with you. And so he's like, fine, let's do it. So he's trying to get a smooch from Cousin Gordo, McGuire. Gordo had a lot of interactions with Kate this episode. It seemed like he was maybe on that prowl. After that big speech where he hates pop- popularity and what it means. I mean, but she is hot. And she looks really hot in the Dungeon Mistress outfit. <laughs> she brings a certain, <laughs> like, a certain je level of, a certain je ne sais quoi to the outfit that I don't like, I'm, think Lizzie I'm sorry. Lizzie, yeah, I, I was saying, I was like, I don't, Lizzie doesn't give off vampire she doesn't give off sexy i mean neither does kate usually but like the outfit well, is yeah, like they're very 13. it's very dark makeup and like teased hair you know it's not like yeah. a Lizzie vibe no yeah i mean lizzie is like i want to be a vampire in all black when she makes the request and pink on pink on pink right it's like two it's like two plus two equals sock <laughs> anti lizzie um so but then we cut to them well post lizzie um cleaning out the garage the garage what the janitor's closet i love like hey kate i love the dungeon um lizzie goes hey kate i just um cleaned it out can i get the props and stuff so i can do the dungeon and kate was like um actually i changed my mind i'm so going to be um vampira and Lizzie's like are you kidding i just did all that and then Kate basically is kind of what me and Becca just said. Is Vampira needs to fit all these parameters, and that is not what Lizzie is. Yeah, and then she's like, you can be the, the clown and do balloons. Hand out balloons. So that's what Lizzie ends up having to do later on in the episode is become the clown. Yes. But then we um, see but- the only time parents are around when people come in to help set up the carnival, and Miranda's parents are there with these like little wedding day day of the dead skeletons and the dad has a costume where his arm looks bloody yeah little, he's like oh little graphic for the disney channel <laughs> i what do you say he's like i need a little help getting out of the car yeah and he's like holding his his hand as like a prop or something yeah it's weird. my favorite thing is like you can definitely they dressed miranda's mom 
exactly like Miranda. They did. So a five-year-old could be like, oh, that's supposed to be Miranda's mom. Like she has Because they're hair. identical. This is an adult woman, and she has her hair <laughs> up in like the pompanets. <laughs> like, like she has the butterfly clips in. She does. This woman is going through a midlife crisis, apparently. But um, um, the dad is eating a tamale with chicken in it. Tamale. And they're, like, talking about the Day of the Dead stuff and kind of, like, the culture and what it means as they set yeah, up this Yeah, I want to say, I think this episode was my first foray into what Day of the Dead was. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, at the this was 20... 2001? Years ago. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was, like, four or five. Six, seven, somewhere around there. Pick your age. So definitely, this is my first for like introduction into what Day of the Dead is. So Miranda um, wants to obviously create a little space for it, and Kate. No, like you heard in the episode before that Kate didn't want it anywhere near the party, and then but she sees Miranda's parents. I was like, oh my gosh, these are so cute. Which classic bully behavior mm-hmm. i've done that where i'm like "Ooh, that person's so big they're just being nice to me because my parents are here yeah she's kate's like smiling and nodding at the parents and it's like you know i love your parents <laughs> do you know them um, <laughs> this is the first well, i've the heard whole back, the, the whole backstory is kate miranda and lizzie all used to be friends oh that's right and so kate got popular like, the school year, like, season one, this is, like, the first year that Kate is popular. Um, mm-hmm. So she for, so they do know each other. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then I thought it was so funny when Lizzie entered the scene and the parents were exiting. And <laughs> I don't know why I thought it funny. Lizzie was like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Sanchez. And they just, like, keep walking past Lizzie. Like, oh, hey, Lizzie, we're just leaving. <laughs> They love Kate, but they don't like Lizzie. They love Kate, but they're like, ugh, that's so funny. They love Kate, but they hate Lizzie. <laughs> they're like, oh, why can't Miranda still be friends with Kate and not Lizzie? But as soon as Kate um, um, sees her, like, the parents aren't even out of earshot. And Kate's like, get these ugly skeletons off the counter. <laughs> like, they weren't even out of the room yet. Nope. And she's, like, knocking them over and all that stuff. Um, okay, we've we've gone this episode too long without checking back in with the parents, Sam and Joe. What else were they doing? What, what weren't they doing? Well, we got to talk about Matt and the um, costume he chooses to go as. He's going um, as himself inside out. So in the fridge, he's like trying to look at all these things to take. And he's like, can I take this caviar? And they're like, no, that's for me and your dad for tonight. What about the spaghetti? No, that's for dinner tomorrow. And then they go, what about these sausages? And she's like, yeah, I guess. He takes out the biggest sausage links I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, what were y'all going to do with those? Y'all literally just butchered a pig out in your backyard. That's how big they are. Did you not see that? Oh, I must have just not. They were ginormous. <laughs> I'm like, no, no family has that. Anyway. But, no, we got to talk about the parents. They're trying to have a lovely night in. Candles everywhere. Um, Because the thing is, like, what do we do about trick-or-treaters? They're like, well, everyone's going to probably be done around 7, so we'll just turn the lights off from our front porch, and no one will, like, knock on our doors. Yeah. So, you know, they're they're trying to have a little Halloween treat for themselves. (laughs) And they hear a knock at the door, and it's this 
this 17 year old and they're like hi <laughs> and he has like a knife on his head mm-hmm. and he's like where's your candy <laughs> like we don't have any candy they're like you're the only house with candy and what did they what did they give him a chicken pot pie that's the second Just, time like, that's when he comes back yeah because he keeps bothering them well the, yeah he comes back a bit later but he comes back and um I took a note about it because I was like, what was that random encounter for other than just to give the parents sexual tension? And then he, well, yeah, he comes back and then, because they won't leave him, he won't leave them alone until he gets something. Yeah. And, and he and so the dad Sam, have like a little the, argument. Yeah. The dad gives, ends up giving him the chicken pot pie. And he's like, but I'm vegetarian. And then he comes Slam-sador. back again. He comes back again, and he throws it in the dad's face. And it, like, gloops in his face with one of those sound effects. It's like, boom. But it's like it's like the editing where you see it from four different angles. <laughs> so It's like in slow motion, too. At that point, I was like, call the police. Call the police. Call the police, Lizzie McGuee. Call the police, Papa McGuire. <laughs> but I just wanted to check back in with the parents. Yeah. And that will come. We'll check back in with them at a later date. So that's what's going on later at the time. party. We see Lizzie as this clown. Oh, Lizzie is comedy queen in this scene. She has a bunch of just like long. <laughs> I did think this is funny. Hot dog. Like just, I guess she's supposed to be doing balloon animals, but. Yeah, that's what her station's supposed to be. Either can't or just won't. So there's a line of people and she's just handing people these long balloons going, here you go. It's a hot dog. Here you go. It's a worm. Here you go. It's a stick. And just like saying like things that are linear. And then Matt's like, what is this supposed to be? And Matt's, she's like, a worm or something. She goes, what? And then she just pops and goes, here, now it's extinct. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, nothing is spookier than a, ha- than a clown on Halloween. I guess. Lizzie she, looks very, like, flower in your hat, like, big comfy couch yeah. clown. She's, like, yeah, friendly she, clown. She, oh, oh, and then Miranda is... So we know... Oh, this is a perfect time to go over the costumes. Mm-hmm. So... Lizzie is a clown. Um, Imagine if Lizzie had been, like, in a Pennywise getup. That's what I'm saying. We'll get to it in, a, in later. And I was like, Pennywise and Lizzie McGuire as a clown. Scary. Um, so Kate is Vampyra. <laughs> Miranda is Cat in the Hat. Um, what is Gordo Matt supposed is, to be? I don't know. I, like, someone caught like, in it. Yeah, a guy who's, like, he has a tie that's staunched up and looks like it's blowing away and his hair is swept that way. Yeah, Knowing I guess, Gordo, like. I think it would be, like, a really niche reference from some television show from, like, the 50s that he's into. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, like, a weatherman get caught in a tornado, something that specific. So, during Fright Night, we see them do various things, and Gordo wins a little burger buddy from a, <laughs> from a game and all that stuff. And Kate and so Miranda, Lizzie, and Gordo are all talking about like, I can't believe Kate's here at Vampira. Well, oh, G- Gordo was like, "Holy guacamole!" And it cuts to like uh, Kate as Vampira. So you are right. I'm telling um, you, he's out. Like he has a lot of talks with her. He stands by her this whole episode. Gordo has it out for Miss Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it? Matt walks in and eating the tamale. Yes, which we find out was the food offering for the Day food of the offering. Dead skeleton. So Miranda starts freaking out. Um, and yeah. she's like, "Like, how dare you? Like, 
you're gonna basically open the portal to hell and invite all these dark spirits in here and lizzie's like great matt look what you did and then gordo's like of course on his high horse and he's like no 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 that's not a thing but and then the whole time whole time they're doing this kate is talking to someone and she like keeps overhearing yeah um, she's talking to this the huge football player that i mentioned earlier yeah and kate's like what is all the ruckus about and then Matt's lemonade turns into weird, uh, like, mud or something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, it's, like, black and bubbling. Yeah, and that's when Kate comes over. I was like, what is that? He goes, I don't know. It was my lemonade, and now it looks like this. And what is it? Gordon's like, that's for cafeteria lemonade. Of course it's going to look like that. Yeah, he, when he's, he's like, I've seen the meatloaf grow away and, like, grow legs and walk away if you leave it long enough. Yeah. I'm begging. Then, this whole episode, I was begging Gordo to make one facial expression, and he just wouldn't. <laughs> um, so that's, like, when strange things start happening yes. at the dance. Lizzie sees, and then this will, I'll have to talk about this later, because this, I'm not sure what the implications of this are. Lizzie sees the skeletons disappear. Yeah. Like, poof. <laughs> she, they poof. They go away. And you sort of yeah. see, like, two vague frames of a, a tuxedo yeah. and a wedding dress walk out the gym door. And so Lizzie yeah. starts freaking out and saying, like, Kate, did you move the skeletons? Miranda, did you move the skeletons? Nobody moved the skeletons. So people start getting scared. <laughs> and then, like, and then, Lizzie comes back yeah. in the room later and says that Matt and his friend were trying to show each other how to, like, dislocate their jaws or something. Right. And then suddenly Matt turned into this like dust that she has and in the, the little way, cup. And the way Lizzie went about it was not a concerned sister. No. She was like, and Matt turned into dust. She's like, guys, Matt's in this cup. And then, and I want to do a deep dive into what ends up happening at the end. Yeah. But I want to get through the episode because I really need to discuss this because there's a lot of holes. There are a um, lot of holes. There's also a quick yeah. scene where, like, when things are getting spooky and we see Cartoon Lizzie <laughs> in a skeleton outfit. Okay, Phoebe Bridgers. Yes. Uh-huh. Lizzie McGuire then, is Phoebe Bridgers for Halloween. So that, like, so now Matt has disappeared. Yes. And they say that they um, know and, it's him because the eyeball from his Inside Out costume is in the cup yeah. with this mud. And then they're trying to figure out, and Kate and Miranda are together, and they're arguing because Miranda's like, crazy things are happening because you disrespected the Day of the Dead um, and my ancestors because you moved them and all that stuff. Yeah, and Kate so is like, basically You're crazy. like, this is all your fault for bringing them in here. They hear the voice. <laughs> the voice of, of God. Gordo himself. Of Gordo. The voice of God, Gordo himself. Gordo. Um, and he has, he's trapped in that little burger buddy he yeah. won he's like balanced one on, of the a, games. on a prop grave and is like you guys need to stop fighting and help me but then yeah. they Miranda pushes Kate and mm-hmm. they start pushing and they knock over the grave and they, they shatter Gordo Gordo they killed him they murdered Gordo in cold blood Un- like in Kate's mind she just murdered Gordo this episode was so weird it was such a tone shift so matt is gone gordo's dead matt is dust in a cup gordo Gordo's shattered, shattered. But, well we don't know that he's dead but they're like oh my god gordo and he doesn't say anything he sh- he shattered so gordo shattered presumed dead and, and then, then we're like where's lizzie lizzie 
comes back mm. in walking with her arms out like zombie walking out. You know how they do. Going, Kate. Kate. <laughs> the whole dance is scared. Yes. and then, like In their boots. Is this when the skeletons are behind her or is she just by herself? This is when she's by herself. So she comes in and like grabs a, a weapon. Well, she has like she has like dark circles mm-hmm. under her eyes. There's apparently green smoke behind her. There is. Um, and she's just like Kate, and they're like, and Miranda and Kate are like, Lizzie, stop! You're scaring me. And Lizzie, like, what is she? She's like, stick bad. And then she no, grabs- what she see? So no, she she grabs a knife, and she goes rubber. Bad. Oh yeah, because it's like bent and fake. Yeah, and then she grabs a a mace. Yeah, and says mace, good, and starts like and swinging it, swinging knocking things. stuff off the tables. <laughs> this was a little scary. Um, I was yeah. like, what is would going on? Would you be? On? Would you like say cut to you if you watched this in two thousand one? Would you be freaked out? I would be a little scared. I think I was scared like, no. of the episode of Arthur where they cut to like. You know how Arthur would always cut to, like, live-action segments in the middle, like, of real kids doing stuff? Oh, and now, word from us kids. Yeah. Yeah. There was an episode where they did a retelling of the Three Billy Goats Gruff, and the boys who, like, got their heads chopped off as the goats, like, pulled the their shirts over their heads and were like, ah! And it yeah, horrified yeah, yeah. me. So I feel like this would have been sending a shiver down my spine. Because <laughs> um, Kate and Miranda are... <laughs> that generation scream queens. Miranda, especially because she like knows Lizzie, and she's like, "That's not Lizzie out there." You're like, "You're like, that's not my girl." And like Miranda and Kate make a run for it. They run for the dungeon. They lock themselves in. Lizzie is still going, Kate. Like honestly, they can outrun. They get. You think they could tackle Lizzie? Or they just work together. Yes, a hundred percent. They're like, get her. <laughs> Unless she has super strength. Oh my gosh! And the. <laughs> The, um, the skeletons are there's two skeletons behind her and it's presumably the skeletons come to life yeah um in the dungeon because they're like we're we're they're like we're just going to stay in the dungeon and Miranda goes no i know what to do is we, you just need to do like a um like a what is it called what is it called like a ritual? um like a yeah a ritual to ask for forgiveness yeah. because you were disrespecting them um and she needs to go and get the blood the dirt and the blood of the ancestors they're like how are we going to get that they're like let's use the punch and the cake from the the party that could be the substitution so kate runs back into the party and by miranda's request like miranda's there shouting the instructions at her she covers herself in the chocolate cake she covers herself in the punch and is still scared because the skeletons and Lizzie are coming toward her. So Miranda's like, you have to do the dance of the dead, hop on one foot and like spin around. And then you have to ask them for forgiveness and say like, I'm so sorry, Lizzie. Which she does, like Lizzie comes to comes back to life and is like, now you have to say this. And Kate does it, but then stops and is like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? And then like Matt comes back and is like, now... Bar- like now cluck like a chicken yeah and kate is just doing all this random stuff we see that gordo is filming it and he has a little microphone which is presumably how he did his weird echoey voice so it was all so, a, a prank a prank because kate was just being mean to everyone and not letting him do anything 
And does she, is this like when she like is tries to play along? It's like I knew this, and she kind of just walks away. Yeah, but she's also just like embarrassed because of course she looks horrible now. Yeah. Um. And then so the implications who, who were, of this. Well, who were the skeletons behind Lizzie? I don't remember. You may ask. Miranda's parents. <laughs> they were in on the prank. That is not gonna bode well with them during the PTA meeting well, next week. Miranda's mom is clearly going through a midlife crisis with her fit and her prank <laughs> on a middle schooler. <laughs> she wants to. Be, she wants to be one of the girls. Also, Kate just was, to your knowledge, very pleasant to you. So <laughs> why do you want to prank her? Kate, like, imagine Kate. Like Kate, yeah, she's a mean girl. She goes home to her. Well, I guess. To her knowledge, she does. Ha- she has no idea who was helping her. Yeah, but this ring. is like but it's, this. This would be an event that one might need to go to therapy for, and there are two parents. Assisting. They definitely would like get sued or some, child endangerment some kind or something. Of consequence would be brought upon them. The, the parents, yeah, banned from the school. Okay, so the implication we, by the editing effects, it's clearly shown that the skeletons vanish in front of Lizzie's eyes, and she is confused. Mm-hmm. So what was that all about? And okay, so when Matt, so it's been revealed everything was a prank, nothing was real. Right. It was just to get Kate back. Here's my thoughts. What if Kate did not care about Matt being um, having uh, uh, the 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 lemonade? Like I think the whole plan is all um, based on getting Kate's attention that weird things are starting to go on. It is. Um, what if she didn't care? I guess they could always, like, start with, like, Gordo and all that stuff. Two. So when Lizzie comes back and tells everyone that Matt has disappeared and is to dust, that was just to get Kate even more worried. But when she is talking to everyone, it cuts to her cartoon self. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like, oh, if mom and dad find... Um, Matt turn into dust, I'm going to be grounded for life. Yeah, that's when she's in the little Phoebe Bridgers fit. The whole point of Liz- Cartoon Lizzie is to hear what Lizzie's thinking. Yeah. Kate doesn't know what Lizzie's thinking, so why is Lizzie trying to convince herself that Matt just so, she, so she's really dropped into the prank? Maybe she was a little scared. <laughs> so she's like, I have to not only convince Kate, but I have to convince myself that Matt is to dust. <laughs> I was like, you know it's fake. But even then, her performance isn't convincing because she's kind of just like, Matt's dust. That's why she has to convince herself. <laughs> that's why they, that's why they, uh, that's why I was like. Oh, but then there's one more scene in this episode where Lizzie's parents, the but doorbell. But wait, 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 wait. They're really, what, can I, before we go to the doorbell, the doorbell, there really was no resolution to the dance. Like, it wasn't like Lizzie gets to be vampire. No, Kate just kind of runs like off and they're just like, Ha ha ha. And, and Gordo like, got it on film and says something about the yearbook, so. And Miranda's parents were like, great job, guys. We got her. <laughs> we got the 13-year-old. One of the gals. Meet you at Burger King. Um, but anyway. So the final scene of the episode is Ma- um, Mr. and Mrs. McGuire mm-hmm. are... They hear they're like ready to get this guy who keeps yes. messing with their night. Uh, the dad because has a hose, he just yeah, and the mom has a tub and of I guess old has, oats. I was like, I thought it was bird seed at first. I was like, is that bird seed? Um, so what they're going to do is like as soon 
again, adults getting in pranking kids that they're that they're going to get in trouble for. It's, it's giving Max Keeble. It's giving child endangerment <laughs> laws that you're you're not going to be well for. So um, the doorbell's ringing. They throw open the door. They start spraying this person down, throwing oats on them. And we see that it's, in fact, Miranda's parents. Because they said Miranda like, yeah. was staying the night there tonight and she forgot her sleeping bag. So they're dropping it off. And all they do is like, I'll go get some clean towels. And, and the mom Lizzie's goes, mom says, and Mrs. Mrs. McGuire goes, I'll start making coffee. I'd be like, I don't want no coffee from you guys. <laughs> I'm not going to stay. <laughs> I'm, I'm covered in oats. <laughs> and you want me to stay? The ending of this episode had me yowling because it's so weird. The dad looks over at the mom and is like, told you he should have called first. And they, it closes in on them in like a Looney Tunes, that's all folks style <laughs> circle. And it's just like, <laughs> and then it cuts to the credits. I know. <laughs> like Porky Pig was about to go, abdi, 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 that's all folks. But I do love Liz McGuire bloopers at the end. I do. Yeah. You love how they, they take the time to put in a little animated blooper too. I know. E- even cartoon Lizzie makes mistakes. <laughs> She's not perfect. She's not perfect. Um, well, that was the end of an iconic Disney Channel Halloween episode in my eyes. Yes. This is your first viewing of it. it what did is. you think? How do you think it ranks in? Because, you know, Disney Channel um, is in the Halloween bag at all times, especially during the, during October. Of course. How do you think this measures up in your, like, when you think of Disney Channel Halloween? This was pretty solid. It was very bizarre before I knew what was going on, like with all the tone shifts with the like haunted house paranormal type vibes going on. I always like to diet, like give a assign a horror genre to the Disney Channel Halloween apps. Which yes. this would be very like haunted house paranormal turned Ooh, prank. Nice. So maybe a ghost turned show prank. because it's all made up to scare you. But yeah. um yeah, this was pretty interesting. It was kind of a little creepy, which you always love from these. Um, Ghost in Sweet 613 is my number one, like my top tier. Um, I would yeah. say maybe Don't Have a Cow is right under that, but I could see this being in my top five and like being something that I would maybe watch again. Yeah, I do have to say, if I was younger, it would have freaked me out seeing good old Liz McGuire going like, Kurt, Right. Kurt. And these skeletons. <laughs> Yeah, and like, Hillary Duff did a pretty good job. <laughs> Hillary Duff, new screen queen. Were, right? Move over, um, <laughs> JLC. Don't say that. She's coming for you. <laughs> I won't, I won't, I won't. Um, but I, you know what I do want to say? We haven't done this segment in a while, so I thought it would be the perfect time to bring it back for our month of frights. Um, this is a spooky version of You're Reading Disney Channel. You're reading Disney Channel. So You're Reading Disney Channel is a segment we like to do when we're discussing a specific TV show, um, episode, or movie. And since we're talking about the Lizzie McGuire episode, Night of the Day of the Dead, we'll be reading a scene from this particular episode. Um, This scene, all you need to know is this is right after Lizzie and Gordo um, clean the janitor's closet because Lizzie is under the impression that if she cleans the janitor's closet, it will be the dungeon for the fright um, party they're having at their house and she gets to be vampira um, but this is when she runs into kate and maybe that wasn't kate's plan all along 
Um, Becca, would you like to be Lizzie McGuire or Kate? I'll do, I'll do Kate. Okay. All right. So I get to be Lizzie and you will be Kate. You get to be the titular um, That's role. all I need to know. I get to be the titular role. Um, but I feel like Kate was a titular character in this episode. She, yeah, she was. So, um, so I am Lizzie McGuire. You are Kate. Three, two, one, action. The utility room's all clean, Kate. What a good little cleaner you are. I'll need a props for the dungeon so I can start decorating. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I decided to be the vampire dungeon mistress. I need you to be the floppy, the clown, and give out balloons. What? Uh, you said if I cleaned up the slop hole, I could be Vampyra. I know, but as head of the party committee, I decided that Vampyra should be someone tall and desirable. And that's me. See ya. Ah. <laughs> and scene. Uh, very funny, as I myself am also tall and desirable. Me! <laughs> <laughs> and I always have to clean out a slop hole. <laughs> you mean your bedroom? <laughs> You know me well. You know me well. Um, okay, like we did last of our month of frights, we like to rank or how many frights this episode gave us out of five. Um, so, Becca, how many frights did this um, episode give you? I give it a four out of five frights. It was pretty solid. Had some genuine scares, a few good laughs, and who can say no to a horny subplot with the parents? Right. I'm gonna put myself in um, 2001 and give it four out of five frights. Because I think 21 years ago, um, it wouldn't give me a fright. To quote Lindsay Lohan in <laughs> Parent Trap, I gave you a fright. Um, yes, you did. Um, so I'm going to give it four out of five. I think it was a solid, fun Liz McGuire episode. I think it was a fun Halloween episode where, I don't know, it was fun. And it was cool to get to learn more about Day of the Dead um, at that time. Yeah. Um, so... What is your Disney Channel lesson we learned today? The Disney Channel lesson that I learned today is if you're an adult, maybe consider the repercussions of playing a prank on a teenager. Hmm. My Disney Channel lesson is if you're pranking someone, you don't have to convince yourself that it's the truth. Like apparently uh, Liz McGuire does when her when Matt pretended to turn into dust her cartoon um, self explained that she would get grounded for life. So you really don't have to convince yourself as long as you're convincing other people. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so Becca, if people want to see how you are as Vampira, the dungeon mistress, where can they find you? You can find me as Vampira, the dungeon mistress on Instagram and Twitter at Heyo, it's Becca, H-E-Y-O, TikTok at Becca's Records, YouTube at Becca Stogner, and my other podcast, Youth Group Survivor Support Group, which is YGSSG podcast on all the socials. And if you want to find me on all those social medias, I'm at Real Hunter Martin on Instagram, H Cameron Martin on Twitter. And if you want to keep up to date on everything about this podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Just type in the Time Machine Podcast and you will um, have a good time and you'll find us. Um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leave us a review. If you do, we will shout you out and read your review 
on an episode. Um, give us five stars on Spotify if you're ever so kind to do so. Um, tell us what you, um, on social media, we love interacting with you guys, DMing with you, um, commenting back and forth on things we post. Um, tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you don't want to hear because we want you guys to have so much fun listening to this as we have making it. All right, y'all. Well, next week, our month of frights continues, and this episode might possibly uh, give you a scare. It's... Oh, you already said possible. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I'm just going to stop a bowl while I'm, while I'm ahead. All right. <laughs> Get it? Uh-huh. I, 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 okay, I guess we she go now. All right. Wrap yeah, I gotta, I gotta get in the shower and get naked mole rat. <laughs> oh, oh god! Okay, let's and wrap. tag out on that one. Um, <laughs> tag on that until one. next time, we will see you later, time travelers. <laughs> <laughs> Always buckle your seatbelts. <laughs>